0: What's going on, everybody? I am Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report direct message for today, April 12th, 2021, and as always, uh, don't forget to click that subscribe button over there and that notification bell, and you may, just may, see our videos in your YouTube feed. You never know, you never know. Uh, Before we get to the stories this week, I wanna tell you a little insider info on what it's like to work at the Rubin Report, because people wanna know. People wanna know what it's like to work at the Rubin Report. Well, first off, last Friday, if you watched our live stream on Friday, uh, I had, my hair was a little flatter and, and there was a piece like flying out over here. And we have a bunch of cards over there, cue cards, like my guys tell me you know, when to wrap up or gotta move on or the house is on fire, a series of other things. One is fixed hair, one is fixed hair, because occasionally, despite the spray and all the stuff, there could be a piece flying out over here. They did not pick up the card, and I've had to lay into both of them this morning. Both of these guys, there they they were mass beatings, that's what we do around here at the Ruben Report, <laughs> and, uh, and anyway, I got a haircut. And the reason that that's relevant is not just so that you get a little insight. Oh, speaking of insight, actually, before anything else, uh, Michael, my producer, is wearing the boot. You guys know about the boot? You see these people wandering around the boot, and you go, what happened to them? Uh, he fell, it was, his, it was his birthday, and did you drink? Did you drink? You drank a tiny bit and he fell while getting out of the car, and uh, something happened to him, and he's in the boot, and I took him to the to the doctor yesterday for the x-rays, okay? And we go to the mall. The doctor's place was in the mall. You, you really wanted me to do this, didn't you? doctor's place in the mall, and in the mall, literally everything at the mall had something to do with race. It was bananas. There were so many signs, digital signs, regular signs, uh, stop Asian hate, stop hating Asian people, defend AAIP, blah, 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 walk by a, uh, like a, a cosmetic store, uh, big sign, I'm a queer black woman and this is my life. We took a picture next to that one, that was fun. I go into Nordstrom because I was gonna buy a t-shirt and I posted this on Locals this morning so you can see this actual image. We, we should have shown it here. Uh, but if you go to rubinreport.locals.com, you can see the image. At Nordstrom department store, they have a section for black uh I guess designers, and they tell you you know, with the whole list of the people that design the clothes, and then they're doing this for inclusivity, except I'm pretty sure that's exclusivity if you only have a section for designers of one color. So, Anyway, I bring this all up because it's just such like a piece of the stuff that I'm always talking about here. Like they're just pushing all this politicization and race stuff on us constantly, constantly, constantly. It's not good. Wonder if uh, Nordstrom's is gonna have a special section for white designers. I wonder if that's gonna happen. Uh, In any event, people, we've got three stories for you today. They're all sort of ballpark within the stuff that I feel we should be talking about these days because it's that that confluence of culture and politics. Uh, First story is that uh, one of the Black Lives Matter co-founders is on a massive real estate buying binge. We're gonna show you some of the houses that she's bought. People often wonder what happens to all the money, right? BLM is raking in a ton of money, corporate sponsorships. Sure, they're burning down cities with Antifa and the rest of it, but they're making a whole lot of money, and it's like, are they sending kids to college? Are they doing anything positive with the money? Well, this chick is uh, buying a whole bunch of houses, including in Topanga Canyon, which is where the girl who cuts my hair who came over the weekend lives, and she happens to be white, and it's basically a 99.9% white neighborhood. Anyway, we'll get to that in just a moment. I don't really care where people live based on the color of their skin, but if you're running a BLM thing, then I think you see my point. Uh, then the second story, th- this is actually breaking right now and, and it's a whole mess and I kinda didn't wanna cover it, but then I felt like we, we had to, because you're not gonna see an honest assessment of it, obviously, on CNN or anywhere else in, in the mainstream corporate media, as my friend Michael Malice calls it. There were massive, massive riots yesterday in Minnesota. This is a precursor to what are gonna be crazy riots, obviously, uh, after the results of the George Floyd trial, uh, well, the trial of the officer uh, who killed George Floyd. Uh, we know that there are riots coming no matter what happens, whether it's fully guilty, whether it's fully innocent, whether it's partial, whatever it is, like it's that city is going to burn. Well, it's burning already right now because of a newer shooting. There's some breaking video that we're gonna show you, and we're gonna show you some of the looting it, it, because the point is it doesn't matter if the cops do bad things or if there is a bad cop or something is done unjustly, and we're gonna show you all the video. None of that excuses burning down a city. None of that excuses break, breaking into you know, GameStop and stealing all the stuff or going into a liquor store and taking all the tequila. You can't do it. And then finally, uh, the infallible Fauci, he is very, very confused by what's happening in Texas because you know they've been open for about a month and things are okay. Dead bodies aren't piling up, everything's actually just fine. The numbers are tanking and this doesn't fit the narrative that uh, Dr. Fauci would like to get out there because he seems to want to keep us all locked in our homes alone and confused and tired and nervous. Uh, So he was talking about that this weekend. We're gonna get to that. Guys, before I do anything else and I'm fired up and ready to go and one other little insider bit of info, I'm trying to actually finish my second book this week. So it's gonna be an extremely, an extremely busy week. My goal, and I'm actually saying this out loud so that I can keep to my goal, uh, my goal will be to finish it by Friday. And then of course you go into, you know, a couple months of editing and everything else, but like to actually finish the bulk of it uh, this Friday. And I'll leak a little bit more about what it's out over the next couple weeks and weeks. Uh, and then I'll tell you the release date and all that good stuff. And people, before I get to any of that, <coughs> I've got the largest bag of coffee right here. This is Black Rifle Coffee, people, and I'm thrilled, finally, that they joined us as a sponsor last week. God, that smells good. Mm, That is good stuff. Uh, they joined us as a sponsor last week and we, we really killed it with them. So I'm, I'm hoping we will continue that. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-owned coffee company serving premium coffee to people who love America. Veteran CEO and founder Evan Hafer spent over seven years on the ground overseas with U.S. Special Forces and as a CIA contractor. Evan even modified his gun trucks during the invasion of Iraq to grind coffee anywhere. Giving back to those who serve is at the core of Black Rifle Coffee company's culture. In 2020, Black Rifle Coffee donated more than 6 million cups of coffee to deployed soldiers, law enforcement, and medical workers through their signature buy-a-bag, give-a-bag initiatives. This month, Black Rifle Coffee Company is introducing a new line of ready-to-drink canned coffee. The new 15-ounce comes with 300 milligrams of caffeine per can, 100% Colombian coffee, high-quality ingredients, and an energizing blend of MCT oil and amino acids to fuel your energy and focus you for whatever mission lies ahead. Whether you're on a big hunt or a cross country road trip, ready to drink 300 gives you a convenient way to enjoy premium coffee when you don't have time or equipment to make your own brew. Be among the first to try the new 302 delicious flavors, caramel, vanilla, and rich mocha. I'm actually drinking the regular stuff right now and it is pretty delicious. Order your coffee now at blackriflecoffee.com slash and use promo code Ruben for 20% off your first purchase. That is blackriflecoffee.com slash Ruben. Make your mornings better with Black Rifle Coffee. And now back to me. All right, I'm gonna have a sip of delicious Black Rifle Coffee. Mm, it really is good, like it's just like rich and good and dark and really nice. Okay, uh, guys, so so BLM. I, I've talked about this group before. And let me preface this, this is sort of like the trans thing where you feel like every time you bring up a topic you have to do a little preface because I know that you losers at Media Matters and at Vox and HuffPo are watching and waiting for any moment that you can selectively edit anything I say. So I try to go ahead and get in front of the problem, uh, even though your relevance is becoming uh, increasingly less and less over time. Uh, But BLM, the idea that black lives matter, the idea of that, of course, I believe that. I also believe that white lives matter and Asian lives matter and gay lives matter and straight lives matter and all of those things. I believe in equality. I believe everyone should be treated equally under the law. That's pretty much all society can do, that's what I believe. Then there is the organization Black Lives Matter, which is a self-proclaimed Marxist organization, which until recently had some of its goals stated on its website, it still has some other goals on there, but that uh, included uh, destroying the nuclear family, basically disassembling the nuclear family. They want a takeover of the US government in essence, and they basically are in it with the progressives, right? They're, they're in it. They're in it, and some of the progressives are just being mugged by that reality. You may remember, way back when, when Bernie Sanders was running back in like 2015, basically, uh, that he was on stage and Black Lives Matter protesters grabbed the mic from him, and he just sat there like a little bitch because he was afraid that if he didn't, if he made a move, even though everyone there was here there to talk to him, to listen to him, he knew if he made a move that he was gonna be called racist and everything else. So they've really, the progressives and the Black Lives Matter Marxists, they've got this really tight intertwined match made in hell in essence and uh, obviously, and then when, of course when you connect that to Antifa and just the destruction over the last two years and roughly $2 billion worth of damage and everything else, I'm not a fan of BLM, okay. That being said, I've been saying how, well, where's the money going? And a lot of people have been asking this. They're raising a ton of money. All these corporate sponsors, you know, you open up Uber Eats and it's Black Lives Matter this. You turn on Apple TV, Black Lives Matter that. I just told you what it was like at the mall, Black Lives Matter here and there, the other thing. Um, Well, some of the money apparently is going to the founders because they're doing pretty well. Uh, This is from the New York Post. The self-described Marxist last month, and this is the co-founder, of Black Lives Matter. Last month purchased a $1.4 million home on a secluded road in a short drive from Malibu in Los Angeles. The Topanga Canyon Homestead, which includes two houses on a quarter acre, is just one of three homes that Con Colors owns in the Los Angeles area. Okay, so she's got a bunch of homes here. So we're gonna show you some of the homes, right? This is from the New York Post. So there you can see a bunch of the homes. Some of them are 500 grand. Uh, you know, 700 grand. It looks like she was trying possibly to buy a $5 million uh, condo in the Bahamas. And then of course, this $1.4 million home in Topanga. Now, I wanna be very clear about something. I don't begrudge anyone making money and spending that money how they see fit. I don't begrudge that absolutely to anybody. Slightly, I would begrudge it to let's say politicians who all somehow magically become rich with you know, their salaries that are usually somewhat marginal or at least you know not completely bananas and then they use all their connections to become rich. But I don't begrudge anyone that, that has any sort of business or even a nonprofit that, that makes plenty of money. Uh, What I think is interesting about this is this woman has founded an organization based on Marxist principles and she lives obviously like a true capitalist and has, what was it, was it five houses? Five houses? Five houses and looking at a condo in the Bahamas. That resort sells them for about $5 million each. I'm guessing they're pretty pretty freaking uh, sweet. Uh, We've got a quote here from the AP. Uh, the foundation widely seen as the steward of the Black Lives Matter movement says it took in just over 90 million last year. The foundation says it committed 21.7 million in grant funding to official and unofficial BLM chapters, as well as 30 black led organizations. It ended 2020 with a balance more than 60 million. This marks the first time in the movement's nearly eight year history that BLM leaders have revealed a detailed look at their finances. Okay, so BLM's listed uh, existed for about eight years. This. Is is the first time we've seen any of the finances and from what that stated right there, in essence, they have about $60 million in cash sitting there and they've given away about 21 million of it to Black Lives Matter chapters and other black organizations, but like, what? To do what? Do we know any, like, have they sent anyone to college? Have they built any buildings? Helped build any infrastructure? Helped with any housing? Any, any other educational purposes? Started a tech company? Absolutely anything, we have no idea. Just to say, oh, we gave them to the local Black Lives Matter chapters, well, okay, that means you might've just given a whole bunch of money to just a bunch of activists to do whatever they want, right? Like that, you're just paying salaries of people. And by the way, this is how a lot of nonprofits work. Like they just get in money and then you just see that they they spend very little of the money on what is mission aligned, what the people think that they're donating to. Uh, She also, by the way, it's not just that she co-founded BLM as a Marxist and then lives life as a capitalist. She also got a multi-million TV deal, multi-million dollar TV deal, uh, because of the public profile, obviously that she got from BLM. You know, I saw a lot of people on on Twitter talking about this story, also pointing out how Topanga Canyon, which is this little, it's this little like hippie area. It's not too far from here. It's this little hippie area, sort of near Malibu, up in the hills. It's very rustic and bohemian, and it's sort of as if the 60s never ended. Uh, I saw somewhere that it's only 1.4% black. Now, I don't, As I said before, I I don't care where black people live. I don't care where white people live. That's great if people live in mixed communities, and if you wanna live around a lot of people that look like your color, I guess that's fine too. Like, I don't really care about any of that, but it would seem odd that as her fifth house, she would spend $1.4 million to live in a place that is basically 99% white, if you care about that sort of thing. I don't really care about that sort of thing. Anyway, I mentioned this story not because it's the most important or the most revelatory or something like that, but it's just it's important to note what these people are doing. There is an ent- entire corporate structure that now tells us we have to believe in these things and if you if you don't believe in these things somehow you're a bad person or something like that. And it's like, man, this is the biggest grift going. This is the biggest grift going. You just take in money and money and money as a nonprofit and you pay out all of these people and you exist to destroy capitalism while you, while you live as a capitalist. I think you all get the point. Okay, so I wanna talk about these protests that are happening in Minneapolis right now because you're probably not gonna see much of this in the corporate press. By the way, I'm gonna start trying to say the corporate press instead of the mainstream media. This is an idea that uh, my friend Michael Malice, who I've had on the show a bunch, has talked about for quite some time. By saying mainstream media, you're actually giving them too much credit as if it is mainstream, but I don't even know that anything is mainstream at this point. We've all been frayed in so many different ways. So CNN, yes, it's it's not that it's not mainstream, meaning sort of the average person watches it who kind of always watch this stuff, but it's more that they just, they are people who are drawn to corporate media, who like the sort of blue and on ah narrative. So I'm gonna try to say corporate media more than, or corporate press more than mainstream media, but I think I think you get the point either way. Uh, in any event, there was a police shooting uh, in the last couple of days that has now spurred on a whole bunch of riots. So first, I'm going to start with a quote here from the Daily Wire: Hundreds of apparent Black Lives Matter rioters smashed police cars, vandalized a police station, and looted businesses in Minneapolis after law enforcement shot and killed a man during a traffic stop after the man who had an outstanding warrant allegedly ran from police after they pulled him over. Okay, so we're gonna show you video of the incident right now. It's actually pretty graphic. The reason that I'm showing it to you is because the, the quote that I just read there from the Daily Wire, which was from an hour or two, was after this video just got leaked. So this video was just leaked, and it's not that he allegedly ran from police officers. You can see him actually trying to break away. Then we'll give you a little bit of further context, but I'm just putting it out there right now that this is somewhat disturbing to watch. How, how long's the video? It's about 30 seconds or so. It's, a, it's roughly about 30 seconds, so if, if you don't wanna watch, obviously this would be a time to just uh, you know, open another tab or something, so let's take a look. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm not a big fan of showing these things in general because I think, you know, everything, unless you're there and really understand the dynamics between policing and, you know, when you, especially when you couple like the PR angle and that everyone has to be thinking, oh my God, everything is on video and just like all of that stuff. And also, maybe there's more context to the video and everything else. But I, but I will say a couple things here because it's important. So, first off, the, the, the young man who is now dead, uh, his name is Dante Wright. He did have an outstanding warrant and apparently, Uh, this was for a traffic violation at first. Now you can see they're sort of cuffing him and then he breaks free. Like if you resist arrest, like at a certain level, all bets are off. That is not excusing being shot, it really is not. And this is just one of these complex things. Now you can hear the female police officer who I believe is the one that actually did the the shooting, which she shot with one bullet from what I understand. She's yelling taser, taser, taser. Um, And then I think she says, oh shit, after he gets shot. The implication being that she made a mistake or that she didn't have the taser. She actually had uh, she had the gun in her hand. And we have a, a quote here from the uh, police chief, Tim, Can- uh, Tim Gannon. This is just in the last hour or so. He said, it is my belief that the officer had the intention to deploy their taser, but instead shot Mr. Wright with a single bullet. So look, that's what he's saying. She was yelling taser, taser, taser. If she made a mistake, that still doesn't excuse it. Uh, again, you can't. If the cops are arresting you and you resist arrest, then all bets are off. So this is just one of those ones where there's gonna be such a breakdown of what actually is true. And most people won't watch that video. And most people will use all of this stuff for their own political purposes. So I wanted to just show it to you because obviously between what, what's happening, not only with this right now, we're gonna show you some of the riots in just a sec, But this is all with the backdrop, obviously, of uh, the George Floyd trial, and there's going to be massive riots no matter what. If you you are a sane person and you own private property in Minneapolis, I would get out of there, I would get out of there right now because they're not gonna do anything. So we're gonna show you a couple videos of the riots that have come because of this. And the point of showing you this is not for glorification of any of this, but are any of these people who are doing this stuff, let's say, let's say their cause is completely just, right? Like let's just remove all the other factors for a second. Let's say your cause of what happened to George Floyd is totally just. Let's say your cause in what happened in the video that we just saw to Dante is totally just. Does that excuse any of this? So let's take a look. Jesse. Hey, yo. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, yo. Police are shooting. Hey, hey, the, I just, talked just to the in the, in the ear, It looks I like. I just talked to Dante's mama. She wants y'all to chill out so we can get justice with Dante. Let's get justice for Dante. Let's get justice with Dante. 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 Chill out, y'all. They want to. They want to. They want to start some with us. Okay, so we're going to show you one more, but I thought that one was important because that one could start going viral in and of itself. You can't lift a giant cement block with the implication that you're about to throw it at somebody, uh, you can't do that, you can't do that, especially to police officers who have guns. Now, I believe he was shot with a rubber bullet, but the guy in the back is yelling, justice for Dante, justice for Dante, but do you think that burning down a city is going to bring justice for Dante, or do you want, should you organize nonviolent protests, right? Should you organize, uh, teams of nonprofit lawyers to come to the city and fight and that sort of stuff. Now we could have shown you a gajillion versions of stores burning. There's a GameStop that got taken out. There's all sorts of just crazy violence, people dancing on cop cars and breaking windows and just just destroying buildings. We're, we're just gonna show you one. So <laughs> Okay, so there are quite literally dozens of videos that are more violent than that, that we could have shown you. And again, I'm showing you these things because I think to paint a full picture of what's going on here, if you think that what happened to Dante was unjust, and if you think the officer intentionally did that, and even if the officer accidentally, right? Like if the officer accidentally, like let's give her the benefit of the doubt for the moment. She thought she was going for a taser, she went for the gun, like who? none of those details even matter. The point is, if you now burn down a city, destroy liquor stores, destroy mom and pop stores, destroy gas stations and Game Stops and everything else, who are you helping? Are you, as that guy in the first video was screaming, bringing Dante to justice? Or are you getting justice for Dante? The answer obviously is no, and we're stuck in this really, really horrific cycle, and this is again where we don't have a corporate media that will show us anything honestly. So I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you watch CNN tonight, or you, especially if you watch MSNBC, not that you should do either one of those things, at least not without drinking. Um, if, you do, if you do that, you're not gonna get the full context of the video showing him breaking away and everything else. And that doesn't excuse any of it either, right? Like that's why I'm trying to show you a full picture here. And this is obviously gonna continue. And you know, one of the things I was thinking this morning as we were putting this whole package together, I was thinking, you know, knowing that there's going to be more massive riots at the end of the George Floyd trial, no matter what, like we all know it, right? We all know it. It's here, it's coming. Why aren't we having more conversations? Like where is the Minneapolis police chief or the attorney general, Keith Ellison, who I believe actually wants these riots to happen because he is a progressive and he has professed support for Antifa before, but shouldn't we be having a pre-discussion on what they are going to do? Shouldn't shouldn't the Minneapolis Police Department be making statements right now saying you cannot, I don't know, whatever it is, I'm not a fan of curfews really, but you can't be out, you know, uh, uh, destroying public property after 10 p.m. Sure, you can destroy public property from 7 p.m. to 10, but after 10, you can't, right? And I thought there was that whole pandemic thing and all that, but shouldn't they be making... Making the rules of engagement known right now. If, if the idea is that the state wants to stop violence, stop rioting, stop looting, have law and order, and all of those things, shouldn't we be talking about that now? like because they know it's coming? And you know one of the other videos that we, that we didn't show you was there were just like a bunch of kids, or they're, or they're young men, usually, I guess they're not kids, just jumping on cop cars, breaking windows, and the cops just stand there and it's like, okay, I get it. you know like they're not trying to throw flame. On the fire here, right? They're not trying to pour flame on the fire, but at some point, like breaking cop cars and breaking windows and all that, is a crime too. And the more that you acquiesce, the more that you think, oh, if we if we just let them vent some steam or something and destroy enough buildings, maybe they'll stop. It's like this isn't how a, a functioning civil society can work, and uh, and it's only going to get worse. So I would love to see, and if some if someone wants to get me in touch with any of these people, I would love to see uh, some advance warning on what the people, uh, you know, what the elected officials and law enforcement of Minneapolis are gonna do in advance of the George Floyd trial decision, because it ain't gonna be pretty. I wanna do one other thing real quick, and then I gotta jump at 1130 on the dot uh, today. Uh, But Fauci, the infallible Fauci, he was on MSNBC this weekend, and he's very confused over what happened in Texas. Texas effectively opened up, dropped all those restrictions and said, it's back to life. And if you go to Texas, as you know, it looks like 2019. The restaurants and the bars are full and open. The ballparks are full. And yet we've seen cases and hospitalizations since then continue to tick downward. So what do you make of that as all of us look around and sort of try to consider how safe it is to get back to normal life? Yeah, you know, it's it can be confusing because you may see a lag and a delay because often you have to wait a few weeks before you see the effect of what you're doing right now. You know, there, there are a lot of things that go into that. I mean, when you say that they've they've had a lot of uh, activity on the outside, like ball games, I'm not really quite sure it could be they're doing things outdoors. You know, it's very difficult to just one on one compare that. Yeah, he just says a whole bunch of nothing. And that's what he has said basically for a year at this point. It's not a couple weeks to see where that spike would be because they've been open for about a month. The numbers are absolutely dropping. And let's not forget when it's not just that they've been open for a month, but before that they were largely open, meaning that they were more open than say a place like California or a place like New York. And they never got those crazy spikes. And even if there is a bump next week, even if there is... That does not mean it's automatic reason to just lock us down and not let us live. This is not how humans are supposed to be. But Fauci has gone so far with this thing. I just don't know how you can trust him at this point anymore. He's a Fauchist. He's a, he's, a, he's a complete and utter Fauchist. A Fauchist, by the way, which according to uh, Williams, <laughs> according to uh, Webster's dictionary, is a person who's the highest paid person in all of government, uh, who tells everyone else to stay at home all the time anyway. Fauci, Fauci. Oh, guys, part one of my interview with uh, Nick Gillespie from Reason Mag is up this morning. He was on the panel on Real Time with Bill Maher with Heidi Heitkamp when she called Gina Carano a racist. We unpack that and much more. He's a, he's a true libertarian and we had a great, it was it reminded me of a little bit of, uh, more of the type of interviews I did a couple years ago where it was purely on the idea side of things, not too much in the nitty gritty stuff of politics, but about about big tech about just how we can have limited government and let ourselves live and fight lockdowns and all that stuff, really enjoyed talking to Nick. So part one is up right now on YouTube. The full episode is up at rubinreport.locals.com. And according to the watch I'm not wearing, it's 1130. I gotta go, have a great day, everybody.